cars right now. Welcome to Bear Football here on the Barroom Network. John Mafone alongside Aldo Gondia and Tyler Ellis. The Bears fall to the Cardinals 33-22 in what only can be described as an uninspiring game where Andy Dalton throws for two picks but also or two touchdowns but has four interceptions. The Bears try to make it interesting late in the game but cannot get it done. They fall to four and eight. I know you guys talked a lot about what you wanted to see in the second half during your halftime report. So Aldo, I'll start with you. Did they make any of the adjustments that you thought they were going to make? No, I mean, uh, let's just face it. This is a much better team that they played. The Cardinals came in like the cold weather team playing in a cold weather stadium against a team that's supposed to be a cold weather team playing in a cold weather stadium. I mean, it was atrocious. It was embarrassing. It was, uh, and, and, and all of us here expected it. We expected the Cardinals to easily beat the Chicago bears. We expected the chance of Matt fire, Matt Nagy to rain throughout the stadium. We expected this mess that it's no longer time for hope. The only, the only thing we can hope for is that, you know, they do the necessary thing and blow the whole thing up and, and start all over again. It's a very sad and pathetic time to be a Chicago Bears fan. Well, after that uprising soliloquy, Tyler, do you got anything to add? <laughs> Bears Nation, thank you all for spending your time with us this evening. Hope everybody is doing safe. John, the question was, did they do anything that we asked for the halftime adjustments? And honestly, I asked for one lucky pass downfield. Which they did, and so I, which, and I, I give credit to um Grant, <laughs> yeah, okay. my man, my man Grant, who's coming as a kick returner from Miami, who's been trying to show that he could do something for this team, and that was a small bright spot for me. Um, that was my lucky pass, John. But besides that, brother, it goes downhill after that. And so, but besides that, it's a it's a team. I see players on the field trying, but that's where it stops. Mm-hmm. You're right, and the reason I use the term uninspiring was. For the exact reason, Aldo, that you brought up, we expected this. So it's hard to get upset when you were expecting. I I thought that the Bears had the potential to lose this game by three scores, and they could have maybe. But uh, they, uh, they, I had the expectation that this wasn't even going to be a close game. It was going to be a bad game to watch, and a lot of fans shared that sentiment. And basically, that's what it was. Sure. They cut it to within a score, and or they got it to within eleven, and so. uh, But that. You just never thought that the Bears were really in this game. At least I didn't feel that way. So uh, looking over this, when it goes to the Arizona Cardinals, they have Super Bowl aspirations. That's a team that can go far in the playoffs. When you look at the Bears, it's the same old song and dance. They can't do what is necessary to beat good teams. They they, they can get away with some of this crap against the Detroits of the world. And they can still, they can still you know, get out uh, close wins on a final second field goal against really bad teams they're just good enough to beat bad teams but when it comes to putting a full game together not making bad miscues whether it is not catching a ball and having it picked off or throwing an interception off of a pick play or 
not having the wherewithal to know that you're a four and seven team and going for it on fourth and short at the at the end of the half, knowing that you're going to need points to beat this team. Instead, you punt the ball away rather than giving away rather than trying to take an opportunity to put some points on the board. So this is just what it is. They are who they are. We, and, and we have to stop trying to put window dressing on it. And I know we have all stopped doing it, but I think it collectively we, we it's almost like, hey, this is almost like a win because they kept it within 11. That's where we're at right now. Whenever they whenever they keep it within two scores of good teams, we're like, well, there was a lot to build on here. Guys, we're in the final third of the season. There's building blocks are done. Your building blocks should be built. Right. That's you build them in the beginning. That's, right. that's what building blocks are. You yeah. don't get building blocks in weeks 10, 11, and 12, whatever, whatever hell the hell the week this is. And so what the problem now is every time we talk about the Bears, we have to talk about next season. There's like almost 30% of the games left on the schedule, and we're gonna be talking about next season or the off season. And that sucks because we gotta because this season is a complete wash. Mm-hmm. So and it, and it wouldn't have mattered if Andy Dalton, well, he four interceptions speaks for itself. And I know some of them weren't really on him, but some of them were. And so, but it wouldn't, would it have even really mattered if Andy Dalton played average to above average today? Cause he's not going to be on the team next year. He's not going to be on the Chicago bears next year. A lot of those guys aren't going to be on the Chicago bears next year. The guys on the sideline, hopefully aren't on the Chicago bears next year. And when I say sidelines, I mean the coaching staff. Right. So, what 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 are we looking for? And I guess this is my long-winded way of asking. I'll start with you, Otto. What are we looking for at the end of the season? Because if we are, if there's a lame duck head coach and Justin Fields can't play, what are we looking for? Well, you're looking for individual performances. So you're looking at uh, a guy who uh, Tyler mentioned, Jakeem Grant. You're looking for him to see if he can uh, play that role that Tariq Cohen is supposed to play and probably may never play again for the Chicago Bears. Uh, Grant had five catches for 62 yards in that touchdown. And so you, you, you want to build off of that. You want to see if Rodney Adams can get any respect. Rodney got no respect because he had one pass thrown at him and he had a terrible, terrible drop. And we've been calling for Rodney Adams, get his chance, get his chance. He got his chance. And when you're in a position like him, you just can't fail on that first effort uh, because you may not get another look again in the pros. We're looking for guys like Cole Komet to start showing some consistency. He didn't show it today, not after that last week's game where he played tremendously. And today he had seven passes thrown out his way. He had three receptions, two drops. It's just a pitiful. And on and on and on. You're looking at individual performances and to say who are the building blocks for 2022, 2023, because that's all we have left. <laughs> what are you looking for, Tyler? I know that you're usually the beacon of positivity. What are, what are you looking for at the, the rest? Because it's almost like you can map out the end of the year. You can kind of see what 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 games they could possibly be in. And they might be in some of those Minnesota games because the Vikings just lost to the Detroit Lions, by the way. Detroit Lions get off the schneid. They get their first win of the year with a two-point win over the Vikings. Now, uh, who's to say that the Bears can go and beat the Vikings at any given Sunday? But uh, what are you looking for uh, for the last you know five uh, games of the season? I mean, really, John, just to go back real quick to some of the comments that you were making, that the Cardinals did look like the the team that plays in the weather. They came from the desert, and they played admirably in Chicago. So what am I looking for? Well, let's start back from ground zero. The Cardinals didn't decide to play well today. They were prepared. 
in every aspect of the game today. They were playing in the same wet weather that we were, and they play in the desert, ladies and gentlemen. So the fact Kyler Murray first game back, he, I thought he was supposed to be rusty. What happened to what happened to all of these? What happened to these things? DeAndre Hopkins off. They were missing guys off the field, and so the fact of the matter is, I'm looking forward to the leadership watching this film. That's what I was excited about, John, because when you go against a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, you get to see the measurements. Okay, how far are we away? We weren't in this game. The numbers look cute, but they were playing with this. Kyler Murray didn't have to be Kyler Murray today. He just did it just to, just to flex one time because we helped him out. We did everything for them. We, we drove down the field for them. We gave the ball over in our own red zone. So all they had to do was turn around and go 30 yards for a touchdown pass. Kyler Murray, it was a great warm-up for Kyler Murray. That's what we did for the Chicago Bears. So real quick, just I'm saying this because I'm not, I'm, 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 it's, I don't have to talk about Matt Nagy because everybody, everybody knows now. But the fact of the matter is from an from a organization preparation aspect, from the quarterback position to the running back position, I mean, is this like I'm looking forward to to see are, is the organization going to make a move forward, John? Because I'm done yelling about it. I'm going to try to be positive because I did see some positive things from some individual players. But the fact of the matter is today is this like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Because at the end of the day, anything positive right now is fool's gold because they're these they're they're throwing they're emptying the bag of tricks, John. They're, they're emptying the bag. It's like, okay, we got nothing to lose. Let's just do everything we got, which is sad because this was supposed to be the year that Matt Nagy showed the leadership that hey, we're gonna move this team in a in a, in a progressive, have new higher highs, new lower lows. And so that just didn't happen. What I'm looking forward to the rest of the season is Hopefully, Justin Fields can be healthy and get some good reps, honestly. Now, if the Bears lose one more game, they will not finish over 500 because of the 17 game uh, 17 game schedule this year. They would the best they could do would be eight and nine if they lose one more game. Now, at the end of the season last year, we heard at the press conference between McCaskey and Ted Phillips and uh, Nagy and Pay saying that they were basically mandating progress. They are six or at least improvement or something. It was very, you know, it's how things usually are at a palace hall. There's no actual guidelines. There's no actual deadlines. There's no actual goals to meet. Everything is just very vague. So you can craft things to your narrative, but uh, they, from what I understood and how I listened to it, they said they had to see improvement. They had to see progress. On the wins and losses, you can't. You're not going to be able to do that. So, what is going to be progress enough that they're going to be able to sell to everybody at the end of the year? They're going to have to get move on from this head coach. They're going to have to move on probably from this GM. And that brings up the question that I want to present to both of you: If Justin Fields still isn't 100%, do you want to see him in there for the rest of the year? Because is running Matt Nagy's system for five more games really going to make him better if they're going to revamp the whole offense with a new coach next year? Is it worth putting him out there in harm's way and maybe messing him up mentally because he's running for his life all the time and maybe not putting up the numbers he'd hoped to put up? Is it worth putting out him out there for another five games if if Matt Nagy isn't even going to be part of this squad next year? Aldo. 
I think you do only because the offensive line has played well enough to give me confidence that he can go out there and not face the barrage that he did when he played, when he started his first game this season against the Cleveland Browns. I do think that the offensive line has been playing consistently average the last few games and continued today. And so I, I'm not worried. Only, you know, he can kind of screw it up. I mean, obviously some offensive linemen are going to make a mistake from here here or there. But uh, it, the, the biggest mistakes that I've seen from, from a stack, sack standpoint when he's been in the game has been because he's held on to the ball too long because he's he's made those mistakes that have put the offensive line in a bad uh, position. Not, not entirely, but that's happened more than I'd like to see. So you need to put him in there so he can get those reps and he can get better at anticipating where the rush is coming from, of getting rid of the ball more quickly. Th- that's all very, very important. The only problem is he's got no playmakers to get the ball to. He's got nothing. I mean, today, I think the Cardinals did a good job of uh, sealing off Darnell Mooney. I know he wasn't targeted that much, but that's, I think, because uh, Andy Dalton just could not spot him open. So uh, that's a big problem. But hopefully, A-Rob will be back. Darnell Mooney will get back on track. And hopefully, Cole Komet can hold on to the ball. And we can see Justin Fields out, out there over these last five games. And, and starting next week against the Green Bay Packers, go out out there and and give us more hope for 2022 that he's ready to go. Gaines, you want to see you want to see your quarterback out there? <laughs> it, it, it's really a catch 22, John, because when you ask that question, it reminds me of a scene with iRobot where he said, "Who's resolution?" That, my friend, is the question. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know if I want Justin out there because anything, John, anything positive, Matt Nagy's going to use to his advantage. So, but it's, it's going to be like fool's gold. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. See, look, look, look. I told you you can do good. I told you you can do good. And then, what, yo, John, if the Bears keep Matt Nagy, bro, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what, what I'm going to do if the if we win three of these last five games, two of these last five games. And let's just say our quarterback has 300 yards. I think Andy Dalton flirted with 240 today, 230, 220, something like that. Um, is Matt Nagy gonna use it to his advantage? I just I, I I say because to my we don't know if the reports are true or not, but Matt Nagy didn't want Justin to start in the first place. So I would love Matt Nagy to finish the game with the guy that you wanted to anyway, which is Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. And I have nothing against Andy. I want Andy to have a good career. I want Andy to have, go to another team next year and play well. So let Andy put some tape together. Aldo's right. Get Justin some reps. He needs to learn under fire. He needs to learn where the rush is coming from. The best part for me today, John, was Justin Fields watching Kyler Murray. Look how this young man who has a similar skill set manage the offense, not take strong hits, learning how to slide, like just doing all these little things. It's very sad that the person that Justin's supposed to be learning from, which is the veteran on our team, he was learning from the guy on the other side of the ball. <laughs> and it, but it's like, but who that goes back to the development personnel. We talked about um the guys were talking about it in their broadcast. Um, the leadership of the Cardinals, the, the the head coach leaves the defensive side alone. The, like the head coach is like, hey, I'm doing this one part of the football. I'm gonna, I'm doing this one part. I'm hands off on everything else. I'm focused on this. But we've we've seen what's happening. I don't want Justin to get hurt, guys. And if Matt Nagy knows he's on his way out, is he gonna put Justin in the best light to do good? I just, I honestly just don't know. Justin has soft ribs right now. I don't I don't want to. This is football. We can't play scared. But I don't want our franchise quarterback having an offseason injury 
where we have to get now a, 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 a field gap quarterback during the offseason. I'm, I'm really torn, guys. I want to see Justin, but I don't want him hurt. And is Matt Nagy going to protect him? And that, and I, I, I'd be a coward if I didn't weigh in on this as myself because I presented the question. So <laughs> I, I am, I'm torn between this as well because I think a lot of us, whenever we were talking about, and I hate bringing this up, but I think a lot of us, whenever we were talking about the trajectory of Mitchell Trubisky, we wrote off that first year with John Fox as didn't really count a lot of the times. We always talk about he didn't really progress too much in that John Fox half season or whatever. Now he may have gotten better acclimated to the speed of the NFL but he was not going to be running the Dow Loggins offense in his in his second year which is Justin Fields probably won't be running the Matt Nagy offense in his second year so if Justin still has some messed up ribs I don't think you trot him out there if he's 70 percent 80 percent if he is not 100 percent ready to go I don't think you put him out into harm's way which throws in another aspect of this Matt Nagy for the most part, is at least probably a little aware of the situation that he might not be back next year. I think he has to probably face that reality, and if he hasn't already faced it, that there's a good chance he will not be the head coach of Chicago next year. That means he's human. He's going to be thinking about what's next for him. So he is possibly coaching for his future job right now. And his in his current offense or his stubbornness or whatever the hell he wants to do, he may think that he can get the most production out of Andy Dalton. So it's possible that he keeps Andy Dalton in there, puts on some you know tape, and then when he goes into, a, into an interview and says, well, if we would have had Andy Dalton all year, we would have had a different story. He can, he can hedge his bets into his next job interview with his next position thinking, if they just would have gave me the personnel that I wanted in there, if we had Andy in there all year, you would have saw a much different offense. And so – there's a lot of different factors here. I'm not trying to get two days of our lives with this, but there really is a human aspect to this where John, Nagy's John, got to understand the situation. John, real quick, real quick. I, I'm just picturing Matt Nagy saying that to a GM and then Jim saying, Matt, cut the beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying it would work. But. Exactly. exactly. Today was that game, though. Uh, it, yeah. Andy Dalton really needed to go out there and perform well for Matt Nagy for Matt Nagy and for himself because he's looking for a starting job somewhere in the NFL. But today was that game because, as Matt Nagy said at the press conference last week, is that Justin Fields is going to start when he's ready, and he's likely going to be cleared to play next Monday night against the Green Bay Packers. So today was the day that Andy Dalton needed to post three touchdown passes, really generate an offense through his through accurate passing, and really have an offense that just look – like, wow, Matt Nagy may be onto something. And it was far from that. Now, Andy Dalton didn't help him at all. Those turnovers, especially that first one, to, to uh, 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 the pass was to Grant, uh, was way off the mark. And that, that just started the, 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 like the, uh, hit, the Titanic hitting the, the iceberg. That just started the whole thing sinking quickly, man. Gentlemen, I saw Andy do a couple of things well today. And I saw him see the hot route off the blitz. Where the mm -hmm. blitz came from, Andy threw to that spot. Yeah. I don't know if Justin is there yet. I I don't, I don't want Justin to get. I don't want Justin to be embarrassed or hurt on Monday Night Football. I know we can't play scared, but would you? I just said it. Who's our dynamic weapons? Who is Fields gonna go to when the Green Bay Packers are coming to embarrass us? Let's get this clear, ladies and gentlemen. Aaron Rodgers is gonna double down on I own you guys, right? And so they're going to do everything possible to embarrass us on national TV. I'm not saying let's play scared. 
but hey, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. I don't. <laughs> I don't um, yeah, I I prefer Andy Dalton start. I don't know. <laughs> but that but but Gaines, that's where we're at though right now. We don't even know what to say anymore. Where we are, we are, and I I think that you you could know that from even. I could pick it up from the t- television that there wasn't really a whole lot going on at Soldier Field. It sounded like they were in a library. It's not, it, it was just a dead atmosphere. Who can get amped up for this team? Who can get really excited about this team? Because you're, you figure your your franchise quarterback's not out there. Your head coach is a mess and probably gone. Your team's not good enough to compete for a playoff spot. And they're playing one of the best teams in the league. What is going to – and not to mention the weather was atrocious. So throw throw all of those factors in. Who is going to get amped up for this team? We are all three diehard Bears fans. We live and die with this team. And that and this is this is one of the first years where I am feeling indifferent watching this game where normally the the veins are pulsing in my neck when things are going wrong. I'm angry. I'm getting pissed off and pissed off. Now we're expecting them to be bad. We're just expecting them to screw up. When Andy Dalton's throwing a pick on a screen where he just turned around and tossed it, not just and didn't even see if there was a defender there, I was like, ah, "That sucks." I almost laughed at it. I was like, "What an idiot!" And it's almost like comical now. I'm, I'm watching this stuff, and it's just like I'm expecting it. So we are in. We are just kind of lost in the desert, walking around, thinking eventually there's going to be a football team here, right? And and so where I think that's kind of where we are. Where it's the same thing. Over and over and over again. And guess what? We get to be embarrassed on on primetime two weeks in a row. Because next week they play the Packers on Sunday Night Football. Why they didn't flex that out, I have no idea. Unless they're really just trying to embarrass the Bears. And so, uh, But I understand the fan base is in the rivalry. There will be good ratings for it. But sheesh, oh man. That was, that was I, I don't want to see them play the Packers on primetime. And then they play Monday night against uh, against the Vikings. And who knows? I mean, that could be embarrassing. They could get a win, but they're setting themselves up for failure again. And then they play the Seahawks at four o'clock. So I'm not sure they're probably going to have a bigger audience for that too. It may not be nationwide, but they're going to have a broader audience for a four o'clock game. Well, I should say three o'clock central time. My mistake. I'm on the East coast, a three o'clock game for, for, uh, for bears fans. There's going to be a wider range of fans there. So three straight weeks, the bears get to have a nice big audience to show what the hell they are, which is, embarrassing and once again just like you Gaines I don't know where the hell I'm going with this I don't know what I'm talking about right now but we're just (laughs) venting this out we're just talking because there's no much like the Bears themselves we don't have any direction because we don't know what to do right what what are we supposed to do what are we supposed to say anymore Aldo what is there left to say about this team what is there left to dig into and analyze and see what's wrong the writing has been on the wall since last year yeah and I'll tell you one thing. I, usually they have a, a member of the team at the media by now. And the fact that we have not seen anything from the Chicago Bears leads me to believe that there might be something going on behind the scenes. I got a text from somebody in the know who has worked over at Hallisaw and says, don't be surprised if he's fired today. And so who knows? Maybe uh, uh, Matt Nagy is meeting with Ryan Pace right now. Maybe there's something terrible happening. Maybe we'll hear Matt Nagy in the next uh, 30 seconds come up to the podium. I don't know, but something all day long has felt really weird to me. The way this game played out, the pace of the game, the yeah. fact that there were so many empty seats, the depressing weather, the, the, the even more depre- depressing performance by the Chicago Bears. Everything has been 
been looking kind of weird. So I would not be surprised if Matt Nagy is handed a pink slip uh, any moment now or already has been. But uh, I'll be, I'll be looking to see if somebody goes to the podium. Aldo, Aldo, I kind of feel bad. If he's fired today, can we have the fight song prepared, queued up? I feel bad. I feel bad. I feel bad. But at the same time, I don't because he's going to pay millions of dollars for the next couple of years. I don't. Well, I don't want a man to lose his job. But okay. bro, he, he's good. He made like five million. He'd be all right. Listen, listen, Gaines. If you or I or Aldo were get laid off, we're we're not going to be nearly in a good a situation as Matt Nagy's going to be. Right. So, uh, well, just uh, as I, I say think, that, you know, guess who's at the podium? You know, the run game goal and the balance of running pass, uh, you know, the fourth downs and, and uh, good and good red, red zone, zone is all what you want. want but, but in the end, end, none of that matters if you're if you're uh, giving them the ball, uh, especially on short field. So credit to them and their coaching staff. They've done a great job. And uh, and so with that, I'll go ahead and open up the questions. I think, he, yeah, I think it was on the uh, the second interception, on the return. Yeah, yeah, on the one from uh, with Cole. And late in the game, you saw you had a walkie-talkie. Yeah. It looked like you were talking to Andy directly. I was. Yeah. So our, our headsets went out uh, for basically the whole second half. Um, so when we were backed up, I'm trying, it's like high school out there, trying to yell the plays that you're getting from up top. Uh, we started doing that before we had the walkie-talkie. So when Bill's giving me the play, I got to yell it down to, to Andy and make sure he gets it. And uh, and then a couple series later, I, we got the walkie-talkie, which is clear for Andy. So I'm basically the conduit to to uh, to Andy and Bill. And so that's that's what we did. Basically, you could talk to Bill through your headset, but yeah. Andy had no communication with Bill. That's what you're saying. Correct. Yeah, so I obviously have all the coaches online up in the upstairs. They they can talk to me. Bill, Andy couldn't hear Bill. So, so – he Bill was calling the play. I was giving, I had to walkie talkie. So Bill was saying to play to me, and I was relaying it into to Andy. So there's a whole little deal that goes on there in those moments. You know, that's what the walkie talkie saved us because otherwise you're you're yelling plays like high school. It saved you. Yeah, we have we have some numbers um, that we use for wristbands in general, always and and for backup if those situations happen. At the same time, though, you still got to communicate those numbers, and it's loud, and there's different things going on. Bill calling, Bill calling all the plays, or are you calling some, or how's that working? Yeah, no, no, Bill's Bill's calling all the plays, and I have input on if there's um, situationally, if there's a feel or there's something, and that that's been that's been always, you know, nothing's changed from any other games. It, today was a normal day. Uh, it just we sure had was. The, uh, the headset go out, so li literally, it's just like going through a, a second half without a headset. So we got to be able to adjust and use the walkie-talkie, and that's that's where uh, there's a communication between Bill, myself, and Andy. Week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I wish I did. Matt, when you're playing a team as good as the Cardinals are, you know you got to be near flawless. Yeah. So just how deflating are four picks like that? Well, yeah. I mean, you 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 look at okay. You go back and you say okay, how how are the picks happening? And that's what the guys are doing, right? I mean, the, you know, the first one we got man coverage, which is what we wanted on that play, and uh, you know, and. You saw what happened there, and uh, the, the kid made a good play after the tip pass by our own player. The second one, okay, we got what we wanted. and But in games like this with the elements, you guys can see it. I think Kyler was slipping. The ball was fumbling early in the game, too. I think there was more weather in the first half than the second half, rain-wise. You know what I mean? It was it was slick in the first half. Um, and then, you know, you have the 
play action, the ball got tipped on the third pick, and then the fourth, or and then and then you had the uh, the screen. So between all four of them, the, the order that they're in, you know, throwing us throwing a pick on a screen, Andy will tell you that's those, those are you know you don't want those, but it's not you're just trying to float it and have touch over top of that. So no matter who you're playing, four turnovers is going to hurt you. Um, the, our guys know that and they care, and they, they we don't want that to happen, but it did, and so we gotta we gotta uh, regroup from that. Yeah, just continuing to to make sure um, that, you know, I think that's damn where it goes back to who the people are that you have in the room um, and making right. sure that they understand that it's okay to be upset. It's okay to be frustrated after a game. There's a lot of emotions. We all want to play better and coach better. They know that. Uh, but it is in these times you want to make sure that these guys are understanding that it's it's our job, it's our obligation to make sure that we give it everything we got, you know, and um, and and that's we can't worry about other teams, we can't worry about other people, players, coaches. We got to just do you know worry about us and, and coach and play hard. Your offensive star, David Montgomery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What it meant to I thought it was great to get David going. You know that was that was good job, perfect. That's awesome. Thank you for cutting that off. I'm glad somebody I'm glad somebody can cut him off. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> By the way, I want to know something. Somebody in the chat room said, I'm tired of this guy's Pennsylvania accent. Was he referring to John or to Matt? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's a real thing, by the way. So depending on what part of Pennsylvania you're in, if you're if you're in Western PA where I grew up, you got the Yinzers and that going downtown, don't you know? And then you got the Central PA, which is a little more uh, – Dutch oriented, I guess you could say. Uh -huh. And then once you get out to Eastern PA, you're basically in New Jersey. So there, there are three real serious dialects there. I actually in college had a class to de-regionalize my voice. So Is I hope my right? yin, I'm, I'm, ho I'm hoping that my yinzer voice doesn't bleed through too much whenever we're doing this show. But yeah, I, I can I if you can That's really good. you can really pick up on uh you can really pick up on a PA accent sometimes. I love it. I love it, man. Did he say anything there that you guys said, oh I didn't think of that. I mean I put I put up in the chat that this was the first time that he was happy to announce that Bill Lazer was calling the place. No Bill was I, I I had it but like we would but Bill was calling the place he was so enthusiastic about blaming Bill Lazer. <laughs> yeah uh although put that put that uh comment up it says what game was that the post presser for because I think that's a great <laughs> comment because you could roll that out after every single game. What game was that for? Was that last week or was that two weeks ago? Or I don't know. He might as well just record one. And then when he walks out, be like the guy and say anything and just hold up a screen and say, here are my answers. Here, here's right. everything you need to know. So it's games. It's the same thing. Like we were talking about before. We talk about the same things every week because he says the same things every week. Yep. We hear the same damn song and dance every week after a loss and so it's 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 hard for us to really dig deep on anything because we don't get anything from this team we get nothing from this coach he said it was just a normal day let's blame the technology and you know everything i can throw my own wrinkles into this and i can do that and oh yeah bill was calling plays today because we lost he loves doing that so I, I, it's hard to it's hard to give a different reaction because it's the same thing every week John, I swear a reporter was going to ask him, are you still the head coach of the Chicago Bears? <laughs> I could have sworn somebody was going to ask him that question. 
but the fact of the matter is, bro, when he talks about trying to keep the players um engaged, I mean, he had nothing. He had nothing, to, no, he had nothing to really say because they're over you're, it. You're not you're not coaching for the future. We're not talking about playoffs. He didn't. He couldn't even mention next year. He could. He the head coach Mm-mm. couldn't even mention. We're gonna That's see. A great point. We're gonna we're, we're gonna see who doesn't quit. We're gonna see who wants to be a part of this going forward because he knows is a public he may not be a part of it, which is very true. So I'm glad that he didn't try to dupe us by even saying that. But the fact of the matter is, the headsets are not. What's the game plan? Regardless of the headsets or not, the preparation for the game headsets are not halftime. You act like you made some halftime adjustments anyway. The, the, I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter is, Johnny, I want, to take, I want you to take on it. Darnell Mooney being the number one wide receiver without Allen Robinson again, and how it was a little bit more difficult for him to actually get oh, yeah. open outside of drag routes. Oh, yeah. And that I think that can be expected because he's being he's going to be thrust into the number one cornerback's going to be on him every week. They're going to be able to game plan if they can take away. Because it used to be, if you take away Allen Robinson, let's make Darnell Mooney beat us, and he can do that. Uh, now it's if we take away... Darnell Mooney, who who the hell's left? <laughs> so, uh, so uh, yeah, there there that's going to be something that has to be waded through eventually, much like everything else next year. Uh, but to to your point, that's a very interesting point that he does not mention next year ever in those press conferences. He never talks about we're looking to the future. It's, it doesn't really mention that ever because I think the the writing's probably uh, on the wall. But uh, going through that thing, going through that whole press conference again, and. and how do you keep professional players engaged? Because this isn't college where that rah, rah, let's go get them, have some pride. We're playing for your school, your family, blah, blah, blah. That I don't know if that always works with a, someone that's been a professional football player for seven, eight, nine years, where it's just like, dude, you're not inspiring us. You're not, you're not changing. We know what we know what you are. They're, they're not, they're not, they're not impressionable 18 year olds where the coach comes in with all of this grandiose you know kind of personality and he can kind of drive the narrative and drive the feeling of a locker room Matt Nagy might be a pretty good college coach because that's what he tries to do all the time the rah rah let's let's stick to it win one for the gipper crap but it doesn't work in the NFL because the guys can smell a fake from a mile away and they can tell when you're not the guy when you're not the person that can put them in a in a, in a position to win so it's I I don't know what I don't think he has an answer. So that's why he has to keep saying the same things. He doesn't know how to keep the guys engaged. He doesn't know how to turn this ship around. So he's going to get the same. He's going to give you the same bottled response every week until he's not there anymore. Oh, here's, no, a, guy, here's a guy that knows Dan Campbell, the winning coach of the Detroit Lions. Look at this hey. guy. I feel like I needed to be aggressive a little bit today, just knowing <laughs> the nature of their offense. And uh, now I felt like we could get that. And uh, and so, look, it didn't work. Congratulations out. to Don yeah. Burr, our, the guy who was always with us and talking trash in the chat room. He finally got his victory. Don Burr, that was for you, a taste of the post-conference with uh, Mr. Campbell. Yeah, but, yeah, I, I, I'm with you, my man, John. I don't know what to say. This is, this is such – an organizational catastrophe. I mean, that's really what it's at. It's not that, you know, this one is worse than the Trestman years and so forth. It's the amalgamation. It's the accumulation of everything that us Bears fans have gone through. This is now, it's compounded with this latest thing. It's at a point now where, as you said earlier, three very passionate Chicago Bears fans are going into today's game in different expecting uh, a loss and uh, and and no answers 
And the Chicago Bears organization could start right now by start uh, by announcing that they have made some changes. I've I've offered this idea up. Bring in an executive vice president operations today, tomorrow. Announce it Monday morning. Announce that uh, the the search for a head coach is going to begin as quickly as the NFL rules allow. Announce who the interim head coach is going to be during that time period. Do something so that every one of the hundreds of people who are watching us live, every one of the people who tune in and buy stuff from the Chicago Bears can have some hope, can have something positive to talk talk about because that victory against the Detroit Lions last week that was just a mirage that was just something put out there by the Chicago Bears because they were taking advantage of an even weaker organization and congratulations again to the Lions for winning today but everything that we have been fed by the Chicago Bears is a fabrication is a lie or it's a out and out failure and now it's time to correct it some way somehow do something anything yeah, and to your point earlier about wouldn't be surprised whoever said they wouldn't be surprised if Matt Nagy got fired today, gentlemen, wouldn't that be the right time to do it? Because you're heading into two primetime games where you are going to be under national scrutiny from all of the talking heads across all of the media outlets are going to be picking apart the Chicago Bears. And they're going to say, why is this guy still the coach? Why is this offense still out? Why are they still trotting the same offense out there? Why are the Bears so bad? They're going to be, they are going to be tearing the Bears apart, analyzing them on Sunday night football and on Monday night football. So wouldn't the right thing to do be to fire your coach to try to say, hey, whoa, 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 we're, we're making changes. We're making changes. We're in, we're in the, we are now in the process of turning things over. <clears throat> so now we fired our coach. Don't rip us apart. Because you can't tell me that even if the, even if the Bears top brass are really just concerned about making money, it's still, you're still human and you don't like to be drugged through the mud like that where he says you don't know how to run an organization and you're the laughing stock of the NFL. So if you know you have two weeks of possible national scrutiny, be proactive, make a change so that they can say, all right, they saw what was going wrong. They fired the head coach. Now they are in the, they are in the process of looking to the future. John, but real quick. No, you're going to trot them out there again. John, real quick, because this is, here's a couple of things. Um, you, we talked about it before. If a team fires their head coach early in the season, they get to interview those playoff um coaches right but then it's, 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 some, it's something to that the only reason why if we don't fire Matt Nagy during the regular season it has to be because Ryan Pace isn't going to be here because maybe because that's the only that's the only thing I could think of it's the only thing I can think of because who's going to be doing those interviews if we're trying to interview early it would be the general manager hiring those coaches right and so therefore if they're not going to do that that means they're both going during and then that means the Chicago Bears want to take longer to get a GM which which sucks too. The scary the scary thing is they're both back next year. Like everything's fine. That's that that's the scary thing that we don't have happen. But that's the only thing that I can think of why Matt Nagy would be let go during the regular season is because they don't want Ryan Pace interviewing the next head coach. That's literally the only thing I can think of because why why wait? Why what's the deadline to that to that early season? Um, cut off is that during the regular season? If we find before it's, the season's over, it's, it's now. It's now. It's uh, you can start interviewing people. What two weeks? Aldo is it two weeks before the end of the season? You can start interviewing people now. Correct. So there we go. So if you do, but that's a good point though. If if 
if they do fire, but if they if they fire him as a combo and say tomorrow, effective immediately, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are no longer GM and head coach of the well, Chicago Bears, they can start interviewing GM candidates then, right. I believe. So get a head start on that as well. Listen, I get the, oh, let them, I don't get it actually. I, but I hear the, uh, oh, we've never fired a person in the middle of the season and he's not as bad as Trestman. And this is where we are now as Bears fans. We have arguments about, who was the worst coach? We don't have a co- we don't have conversations about who was the best coach. We have arguments yeah. about who was actually worse. So that's that's where we are as far as a Bears culture because we don't have enough of a pool to go to to talk about the best. We have to talk about who was the worst. So we're we're going down into those doldrums now. But I digress. Let's talk about what they can actually do moving forward. Get a head start on the future. Why are they? Why do they, why do they need to finish the season? Why do they have to? Why do they have to still be there? It's a wash. It's over, baby. It's time to move on. So in that case, get a head start on next year. There's no, there's nothing to gain by having a lame duck coach coach the last five games. There's nothing to gain by having a lame duck GM be there for five weeks other than you like them, other than you just think they're neat guys and you think you want to give them the dignity of being fired at the end of the season, which for them, you might be putting them out of their misery if you fire them earlier. You just say, "Hey, Matt, take the next five weeks off, go on vacation. You're going to get paid anyway." You, I don't, I don't, I think that he'll be just fine with that. <laughs> if he knows that he's out the door anyway, get me out of here five weeks early. I'm going to Cabo. Right. So as I think, I think that two years, it's, two yeah. years right? So I, I just, I don't understand the whole. Well, they should probably wait to the end of the season. No, no. If you, if your mind's made up, which. We talk about all the time, and Greg Great Gabriel always says they have their mind made up, right? They have their mind made up of whether they're bringing back Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. If they have their mind made up, then do it. It's like if you know you're going to break up with somebody and you know that you have no future with this person, why would you string it along for three or four more months? Make Cut, cut ties and go. Get on with your life. Let those people get on with their lives. Just go. And it would actually bring a little juice to the organization then. Instead of us talking about the same damn thing after every single... Oh, there we go. As soon as Chris Watts just said. It would bring some positivity to the club. Because we would have something to talk about. We would have something different to go on. We would have some hope about who are they going to hire? Who could they be zoning in on? What's going to be the direction of this organization? No. All we got to talk about is uh, Andy Dalton's four interceptions. And, well, they, they played a better team. Which is what we're going to say every single week from here on out. So I, I don't want to have to talk about that anymore. I want to talk about what's actually going to happen. But the Bears are going to hold us hostage at least until January, it seems. Yeah. Well, and the only reason they should do that is if they can't figure out a way to bring in an executive vice president who can start to get to work immediately. And so they're planning on replacing Ryan Pace at the end of the season. And so, I mean, I've made this case before about Ryan Pace, and I'm going to continue to make it until he's gone. I just don't think he's the right guy. I mean, at at certain points in this game, who did we have out on the uh, on the field for the Bears defense? Now I know part of part of it is because of injuries, but nonetheless, when you have Artie Burns, a failed number one draft pick, when you have Christian Jones, a journeyman linebacker, uh, Alec Ogletree, who has who couldn't find the job at the beginning of the season, when you have Xavier Crawford, who did a beautiful ole and let a uh, ball carry uh, one unbelievable. When you have Bruce Irvin, who everybody thought would not find another team uh, to play for uh, in his career. When you have these guys out there for significant snaps, that says more about the injury bug. That says that you have hit rock bottom in terms of finding adequate people to play. Not one of those 
those guys is a future building block for this team. Not one of those guys can be considered as a guy, why well, yeah, we should look for, at that for 2022. No, not, not one of those guys. And the list is longer than, than I just mentioned. And if I were to go to uh, the offense, it would be even longer than that. So it's Ryan Pace's uh, uh, negligence in, in building a roster that is ready to win after seven years at the job. This is unsustainable. To bring him back next season is just prolonging the torture. And, and then you also break up the continuity of – are you going to, if, if they flounder again for the next two seasons, do you then fire the GM, but then leave the head coach you hire? Or then are you, are you only, or are you going to fire another coach in two years if they don't turn anything around in two years? So make a clean break then. Now I, I, I have been less, uh, I, I would say aggressive in saying they absolutely have to fire Ryan Pace, but I'm starting to get there. I'm, I, I'm, I'm there now. I'm, I, I, let's just say I am there. Fire him. So it's because it, if you're going to if you're going to bring in a new head coach and you're going to let Ryan Pace hire him, if they continue to struggle and not put together a good product on the field for the next one, two, three years, well, then they got to then they, then they got to fire another head coach and fire the GM. So you <laughs> might as well just bring in a whole new regime in because you're going to end up wrecking your franchise quarterback, by the way. The, the, what, the, what this ultimately does is not uh, as a in addition to all of the turnover at the top. You're going to wreck the guy who can be your starting quarterback for the next 15 years. Right. So you better get a clean break. Find the two people that can put the best team around your franchise quarterback. Because it's not like you're a flush with draft capital right now. It's not like you have multiple first-round picks. You actually don't have a first-round pick next year. You're in one of those situations where you're a bad team and you don't have draft picks. What a mm -hmm. great position to be in. <laughs> so they they need to. So the next GM and the next head coach, it's going to be an uphill battle. But I'd, I'd much rather it have someone other than the people that put them there in the first place. Let right. somebody else dig out of the hole. Not the guys that had a shovel in their hand for the last five, seven, five to seven years. Mm -hmm. John, when it comes to the next quarter, the next coach, Justin Fields should be getting at least 300 yards a game passing. I mean, just 300 yards, even 350 with, with running and passing. But the next um, coach should at least be on a, a three-year grace period but the roster has to be redone. We need guys at every every level of the defense now. Every level of the defense needs like needs like emergency attention. Akeem Hicks. I mean, we got we we, we have so many holes now to go back and now fix the offensive, help replenish the offensive line, give just to fill some weapons. Are we hiring a leader? What's our scheme gonna look like? Who's gonna be our playmakers? Thank God for David Montgomery. Literally, thank God for David Montgomery because we have a running back, which is very hard to feel in my in my in my perspective of a court a running back who just doesn't want to go down. Look, we talk about guys still playing. David Montgomery is still playing football, and 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 that's what I respect for that guy. But the head coach next year, we can't fire him in two years. That just that that's, that just sucks. Don't give Justin Fields what we did to Jay Cutler, like five different offensive schemes in like six years. That's just going to confuse them. That's just going to mess them completely up. So, but that goes back to the hiring process and who's going to do that. And I'm just like, man, I don't know. I'm here. I'm here. All these different names between Sean Payton. I'm here. All these different names, and you just don't know who. And so, but John, like you said, if the if the organization can just give us give us something to talk about, make a decision. So we could talk about these names and get a perspective on who could fit with this offense, who could who could Justin Fields grow with, not what they're doing where they're currently at, 
but what could they do with what we currently have and then progress going forward? What's the free agent market going to look like? What's our cap situation going to look like? We have a lot of spots to fill with no first-round picks, and the trade deadline is gone. These are my concerns. The good thing is that there is some motivation on the part of the Chicago Bears management to try to get it right. Because in order to secure the funding for a new stadium, they're searching for investors. Investors are not going to uh, want to put their money into an, a white elephant, elephant of a franchise, a franchise that they will be embarrassed to take their business partners to to watch. It will be three hours of misery watching a team lose you know, 35 to 15 and no future, no star players and so forth. So there is that incentive now. If the Bears are serious about entering the 21st century of uh, organizational management in the National Football League, they know they need to get a new stadium because it opens the doors to hundreds of millions of dollars. And in order to do that, they've got to put a good product, an exceptional product out on the field. So there is that. And as far far as how, how to go about that, you've got to find people who know what they're talking about, who have had prior success and bring in that one person who you say you hire the general manager. Ozzie Newsom, I want to give you a six-month contract. Help us rebuild this offensive, uh, this, this front office. Help us get in place a foundation, a structure for this organization that's going to give us sustained success. So go out and find our person. And it could be a man. It could be a woman. It could be somebody from the planet Mars. I don't care where it comes from, but bring in that person and then tell him, here are the keys. Do it your way because you have a track record of getting it right. Now get it right for us. And here's a blank check. Write out as much as you want or need. But when I know we're now we're talking into the uh, we we hint we hinted on the business aspect of this. There's always there's always that rumor that the McCaskies are some internal you know disarray there where they're not sure if who some people want to sell the team some other. Now, I can tell you for a fact that they won't sell the team until they get that new stadium in Arlington Heights where they can sell the franchise for like three billion dollars. Then, but uh, that being said, I, I'm not I'm not I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole because there's no evidence. For this at all and i don't like to speak too much into hypotheticals but then again i kind of do so if there is a if there is a, a plan to say let's build this stadium in arlington heights and let's push the team off for a couple billion are they going to be and now that build that that stadium may not be built for five six seven eight nine years Correct. so is there is there a is it just like hey let's just get to whenever the stadium is built and let's get the hell out of here and so are they going to really put that much gusto into roster management and trying to win and trying to say, let's build this into a champion whenever the plan might be, let's get this stadium built and then offload it because you're, you're selling much more than a football franchise at that point. You're selling a facility where you can host a Super Bowl. You can, you can host conventions. You can host concerts because if they're going to put it in there, they might be putting a retractable roof on it. That's a possibility as well. And if you're going to, and there could be a casino there, it could be a resort. There could be a hotel. There could, there could be a lot going on there that you're selling much more than just a franchise. So maybe I'm not saying this is what's happening, but if they're going to, if they're going to build this huge, facility where they can house all these different things and they can sell it for multiple billions of dollars are is it in the forefront to say hey let's see if we can make the playoffs next year <laughs> is, is 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 it i don't know i don't know 
But when you're at the point now where you see that there's almost so much indifference and we are running out of stuff to actually talk about because it's literally the same thing over and over again, we have to start going down these rabbit holes because we're trying to figure out what the hell is going on with our favorite team. The, the communication issues are bad. The way they handle uh, situations are bad. The team on the field is bad. <laughs> what, what else What else are we supposed to do? I, I don't. I just don't know anymore. Tyler, you want to handle that because I, uh, I don't, I don't know what, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to add to that. I'm in a lot too. I mean, it's definitely ready to say, but next, let's 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 see who let's see who comes out and plays strong next week. I mean, it's, it's nothing to it's nothing to really say. We got Packer week coming up, which is normally an exciting thing, but now it's about like how much will we not lose by? Like that's what we're going for now, rather than saying that we're going to get a W. We're like hopefully we don't get 50 point burnout, but. Maybe a fifty-point blowout would do it. I mean, it—that's where I'm at. That's—that's that's the one that's thing yeah. about that's the one thing about these national televised games that I'm actually happy about because mm-hmm. we're not crazy. The Bears fans are not crazy. We need the everybody to know to know what we're going through. It's because, like I said, yo, we can file negligence charges against the management. Like, yo, do something, mm-hmm. do something. Out of you, you keyed on it. Eight empty seats. At the end of the day, if we're showing up, by, if the Bears are top five most revenue team in the NFL, then why should they change anything? They're like, hey, we're 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 getting we're making money without doing anything. Why change anything? That's what a business wants to do. They want to make money with the less amount of expenses as possible. So sadly, that's just the nature of business. But um, if fans don't show up, if fans don't buy the merchandise, maybe that we hit them where it actually really hurts. To some owners, the uh, your franchise team is a side hustle. These guys probably own like 15, five other multi-billion dollar businesses where they're like, oh, it's okay. It's a tax, it's a tax shelter. Mm. I mean, for us, it's we are people's week. Damn, my buddy Dan Aguirre, his whole week relies on like how the bears could do when the ownership is like, huh, how they do? How much? No, I don't care about the wins. How much did we make? How much, how many, how many sodas did we sell? You see what I'm saying? It, it shouldn't be like that, though, because you, know, you look at because it's a family-owned business, and, and and that their entire direction should be about the Chicago Bears. Look at the Rooney family in Pittsburgh. That organization has been the most stable franchise in the NFL for decades because the main source is putting the product and making the city of Pittsburgh proud of it. I can't say that about the Chicago Bears. I, I don't know what their motives are because we don't because we haven't seen it. Since what almost 40 years, it's been unpredictable and disarray, and you never you're never gonna you don't have any kind of consistency. At at best, you have two good years in a row and then everything falls apart. Yep. Since since the 90s, they what they've made consecutive playoffs what three times since in 30 years, and I'm counting last year when they created a new playoff spot for the Bears, basically. So I'm counting that one, which I really shouldn't, but I am just from the lay of the law. So there's the lack of actual consistency where they can't find just a stable guard, a stable person to guard the franchise. The Steelers have had three coaches in 50 years. Exactly. The Bears have had that in what seven <laughs> or so. So it's it, they. I don't understand why when this should be your sole focus. You are the family of George Hallis, who basically created the NFL and kept it alive. How is your sole focus not to have a stable franchise? The fans sure as hell deserve it. 
but they're but they just they stay quiet on everything. This team acts like they have the nuclear codes, and they are and everyone else is on a need to know basis. And I hate that. There's there's so little transparency with this franchise. It's always smoke and mirrors. There's always something else going on. There's always just like oh we can't give away. Oh no that scheme we can't give it away. It is a scheme. It's all one big scheme right now. I'm just tired of it. Let me uh, let me add more fuel to your fire, guys. Uh, Jason Leisure is reporting via Twitter that Matt Nagy said the plan for the rest of the season is for rookie Tevin Jenkins to be in depth, which means backing up Jason Peters. Then he circled back to leave the door open for changing plans and says the Bears will make the right decision but right now as it stands tevin jenkins your top draft pick of the second round the guy that you thought was going to be the left tackle he's back from injury he was activated today he's on the was on the 53 man roster he played a few snaps on special teams but outside of that right now there are no plans to have him take over for jason peters and jimmy graham caught two touchdown passes while jesper horstead sat stood in the sideline uh, watching. Jesper Horstead should be in the lineup. Tevin Jenkins should be in the lineup. These guys that you uh, drafted should start to get playing time. And if Matt Nagy is saying to us that the Horsteads and the Jenkins and the other young players on the team are not going to get a look over these last five games, that is organizational malpractice again. And just another reason why this organization needs to be blown up from the front office, the top guy at the front office, go up as high as you can possibly go. Ask George McCaskey to leave. Jason George, George, you know, you got $100 million in your pocket. Go go on vacation for the next five years. Come on. Do something. Oh, no, we've talked about we've talked about this though. Remember, I I, I made the I made a an argument that Matt Nagy's just trying to win as many games as possible. So he doesn't give yep. a crap about 2022. He, so he sure if did. Tevin Jenkins is depth, then that shows that we I just need to try to get as many wins as possible. I need if I'm coaching for my job or I'm coaching for a different job, I need to put as many wins in the win column as possible. I don't care about developing Tevin Jenkins because I'm not going to be coaching Kevin Jenkins next year. I don't care about Jesper Horsehead because I'm not going to be coaching Jesper Horsehead next year. So I'm just going to try to put what we can out to squeeze as many. If we can get two more wins out of the final five, that's great. Then I have a little bit more to put on tape. I have a little bit more to put on my resume. And it is malpractice. You're right. But you know how you fix it? You get the guy out of town and you put somebody in charge that will play the, the prospects. You will put Tevin Jenkins in. You will put Jesper Horstead in. Because guess what? Jesper, or, uh, Jimmy Graham's not going to be on this team next year. Uh, Jason Peters, probably not going to be on this team next year. Andy, Andy Dalton, not going to be on this team next year. Fun side note, Andy Dalton had as many tackles today as he did uh, touchdown passes, by the way. So, <laughs> so there's I got to tell you, though, man, that guy's hair it looks awesome, man. Oh, beautiful. That guy, beautiful. That that's a, that's, hair, that's, that's a requirement. That came, that came down from Ryan Pace. You have to have nice hair. <laughs> Success, finally, victory. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we are just trying to strike a pomade deal at the end of the year so they can, they can just put some kind of hair product sponsorship over, over uh, Hallis Hall and say, best hair in the NFL. <laughs> also also went five and 11, five and 12 no big deal yep i indeed listen guys i don't think it's necessary to listen to any more interviews i think we've put kind of an exclamation point on what we uh saw and heard today the 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 
there's going to be a lot more to talk about this week, and that's why I'm encouraging everyone to tune in Tuesday to watch Tyler and John answer 10 questions that I'm going to pose for them on the Bear Debate Show. I'm going to figure out a way to get these guys to disagree on certain things. I'm going to position questions that are going to make them uncomfortable. They might have to defend something they don't want to defend. They might have to. They might take glee in 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 uh, uh, arguing for something that they tr- truly believe in. It's going to be a fun, fun show Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern. You guys hyped up for that? Absolutely. Yeah. Totally yeah. Cool. And, and that that's that's a real therapy session because then I, I have to we get the initial anger out here. But then yep. after you get to stew on it for a little bit, you're just like, oh, I wish I would have said that, too. So we yes. have we have a, we have a real we have a real opportunity to do that on Debate Debate. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too. Uh, guys, if there's nothing else, uh, why don't we go ahead and pull the plug on this? Any final thoughts? No, just uh, appreciate each and every one of you dropping into uh, the show. I know it's not easy because we see the same product every week, and it's hard It's hard to make a different show every week, but we love the fact that we have such loyal viewers and listeners. So this show obviously doesn't happen without you. So whether this is your first time, 50th time listening, we appreciate you listening to the live version, the video version, the audio version, and the podcast version. This is always fun. This is always therapeutic. And make sure that you tune into all of the Bears programming we, hear at the, we have at the Barroom Network. Like Aldo said, the Bear Debate every Tuesday, but phone 50 where we break down the Bears' opponent every Wednesday. Danny Shimon every Thursday to break down the tape on Bear Truth. Greg Gabriel, I believe, on Mondays, giving his giving – his, uh, is he Greg Gabriel on this week, Valdo? Yes, he is. Tomorrow morning Excellent. or tomorrow early afternoon. All right. And then, obviously, Mike North always has some opinions. I bet Trubisky will be back in Chicago by next week. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. And uh, Dan and Aldo, of course, don't miss that. Well, late night show, great show. Uh, so every, every, almost every day, we got fresh bears content for you. I know that you like to consume it because you're, you're, you're gluttons for punishment, just like we are. So we appreciate <laughs> all of y'all. So uh, just, just thank you because that's that's all we can say. That we can't believe people are still listening with that product on the field. So thank you so much. And Tyler got a special program coming up, right, Tyler? about the Mombasa uh, project that you're working on? Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Um, my brother, Joe, my Joe Mando, is helping out next Saturday. Bulls Nation, Bears Nation. Um, ha- just have your notifications on for everything at the Barroom Network because somebody's always going live every single day. So don't miss that content. But next Saturday at um, 2 p.m. Central Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, we'll be going to have a three-hour live auction for charity for the Mombasa Relief Initiative that will be helping the children in Mombasa as we are currently building three new brand new classrooms as we are teaching children in Mombasa how to code. Um, that's going to be a big deal. Give them a leg up in society. And I'm very, very excited about it. We'll have some things to auction off. We'll have some performances. It'll be a truly good time. Come be a part of it. You truly appreciate Aldo and John and everybody at the Barroom Network allowing us to put this on, something that was very, very dear to my father, Amos Ellis. And so the Bears can make us angry, but we redirect that um, into positive aspirations throughout the course of the week. And that's what the Barroom Network is all about, impact and influence in every aspect of life. Um, real quick shout out to the Chicago Bulls who had a phenomenal road trip. Please check out, subscribe to um, Bulls One-on-One. Um, podcast. Those guys do a great job. Chris and Lara do a great job breaking down the Chicago Bulls, also Bulls Gold. Um, check those guys out on Twitter and YouTube. They really, really do a really great job, and I appreciate those guys keeping Bulls Nation on the forefront, as the Bulls are top three, top two seed in the Eastern Conference. So let's yeah. just, we'll start to trend that way a little bit. The Bulls will be able to hold us down, 
And I want to talk about that real quick because that was a a coach that was hired. To, the, the Chicago Bulls were a close to 500 team. They were the bottom of the conference, not the bottom of the conference, but they were. Hopefully, they can make the playoffs. Right now, they are a top two, top three seed. They just beat. They just really just took care of the Brooklyn Nets and um yesterday. And so that just said something that a coach that was hired last year that took a team who was fighting for playoff contention and within one offseason has this team fighting for the Eastern Conference title. It's very early, but um that's just something to be said about the Chicago Bear, Chicago Bulls front office, who did a complete um um make makeover. Uh, it's, a, it's a whole a makeover. We got a great GM, a great team president that came in, and Chicago Bulls. I think will keep the Chicago um, fan base um, full until the Bulls turn everything around. And so I'm a very I've witnessed um, all three, um, all two three peaks, all six championships as I was living in Chicago with my dad. That's what me and my brothers Josh and Jordan experienced in Chicago. So very excited just to see what happens when you actually have team chemistry. When you have selfless leadership and you want to give the yeah. fans something productive, I'm doing everything possible to be at the Bulls when they come to DC on New Year's Day. Not be surprised nice. for my for my lady Jessica, so don't keep her. That'd be a surprise for her. But um, but but besides hope that, she's not watching. Huh? <laughs> hope she's not watching. <laughs> I know. Hopefully not. But um, as we had a um, not a horrible game, but. Have a great week, Bears Nation. Have a great week. Don't let this disturb your week. Punch Monday in the face. Let's stay positive. Let's be productive in every aspect of life. And when you believe in the law of attraction, if you walk around with the typewriter energy, that right energy will come back to you. So stay blessed and um, take care. And, John, check a, take a look at this. Yeah, Tyler, <laughs> did you put a battery in that smoke detector? Oh man! I said, I said sooner or later somebody's gonna notice <laughs> that. I, I almost don't know. I don't know. I I, I miss it. I, I it's just, it kept it kept my it kept my cadence going. Every time I heard the beep, I, I knew exactly what to do. I, I used it as a crutch. No wonder I went off the rails so much. I didn't have the the calming buzz of your smoke detector going off every fifteen seconds. That's oh great. man! <laughs> well, for noticing that, I did not notice that at all. And also, when I saw that, I said, "Yeah, he's right. That's something's missing from the show. Something's missing from the show." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody, uh, make sure the best way to uh, stay on top of what we're doing here at the Barroom Network is to subscribe to this YouTube channel or to subscribe to the audio podcast, which you can find on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, you name it. Subscribe and tell everybody else about what we're doing here that's it for this week we'll see you uh i'll see you tomorrow with greg gabriel and then these two uh, handsome gentlemen will be with me uh, for the bear debate on tuesday take care everybody <laughs>